food bloggers. What is up? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk. I am your host, Megan Porta. And today we have a special episode. This is a recording of a recent Clubhouse conversation that I had with some other amazing food bloggers. So we meet every Friday, most Fridays, um, at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Clubhouse in a room that I usually title Food Blogging Convos. So if you are on Clubhouse, you should come meet us there on Fridays because it's always super valuable. If you're not on Clubhouse, let me know and I can extend an invitation to you so that you can join us. So this conversation was from September 24th. I had invited Taryn from Hot Pan Kitchen and Jason from Making Bacon to join me as hosts inside of the Clubhouse room. And honestly, most times we form Clubhouse rooms, I don't know where the conversation is going to lead. Sometimes we predetermine the topic and kind of structure it ahead of time, but most of the time we do not. This was one of those times when we did not structure. I said, hey, come up with some ideas, come with challenges or wins from your week, and we can just let it flow. And immediately, Gina from Intentional Hospitality, she is an, a super loyal eBlog Talk listener and community member. She got on stage and she said, hey guys, I want to chat web stories. Let's talk about Google web stories today. So we said, how can we argue with that? Someone's asking for web stories. Let's do it. So we dug into this topic. We uncovered so many golden nuggets from people who came on stage and shared so willingly things that are working, things that aren't working. So I really hope you find value in this episode if you're trying Google web stories out. And if you're not, this might inspire you to do so. So here's our chat about Google Web Stories. And toward the end, we actually dive in to a different topic. I believe it's affiliates for just a little bit. So listen to the entire thing. Let me know what you think and enjoy. Taryn and Gina. Hi, Hi. Taryn. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. This week I don't have a, you know, tornado damage outside my house. So that's good. I know. <laughs> Has everything picked up from that? Like, are people able to kind of get things together? Um, so our house was not destroyed at all. Like, our yard was totally intact, but our neighbors were a mess, and they're still cleaning up. It's been a long week of cleanup. There have been, like, massive cranes in our neighborhood all week, and, like, they will pick up trees, and they'll drop them on the ground, and I can literally hear the reverberation and feel it through my house. It's oh, my god, Crazy, I know. It's been wild, but yes, um, I have internet this week, so I'm back. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness for that. Yes. How How are you today, Jason? Doing pretty good. Glad to be here and uh, hanging out with all of you like normal. Yes, same. I love these rooms, so I'm so glad you guys are here. Um, well, before we get started, I have like just a few little things we could talk about today, but I'm hoping. Like literally just like six different tiny little things, but I'm hoping somebody else has something they want to talk about. So feel free to come up to the stage, raise your hand if you want. Oh, good. Gina has something. And you know we're good at filling time, Megan. <laughs> oh, yes. We can always talk, right? <laughs> Gina, what is going on today? Well, I want to talk about web stories because I've discovered 
that they can drive an enormous amount of traffic, but they last about two days. And so I would just like to hear other people's opinions on what they find um, helpful to get the content out so that Google loves it. So that's about it. Hot topic. This topic is running rampant through the food blogging community, I feel like. And do you guys feel this too? Like it's very, very recent that people are really finding traction, just what you said, Gina, with that. So you put out a web story, maybe it does great, maybe it doesn't. But if it does, it's like two days and then it kind of dries up. But people are reporting that they're like republishing and getting traction the second time around. So I'm curious if anyone has uh, experience with that. I do not. But I'm going to let Taryn and Jason chime in while I pull up um, this forum thread that we started this week about web stories to see if there's anything helpful in here. So what do you guys have? I, Gina knows some of this because she and I have actually talked <laughs> about this. Um, but I have been hearing the same thing, Megan, where people are having um, really great success with it. I have just started doing them. Um, and I, I have heard that the most success tends to be people who publish either every other day or every single day. Um, and you can schedule them out. So you don't literally have to sit there and do a web story every day. Although I have been just because, um, I've been finding that they haven't been taking me very long. Um, but I have, it's only been maybe two weeks or so that I've been doing that not even, um, and I have not had much success yet, but I know others, um, who have. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that it comes cause it's, it's very, I'm very intrigued by it. I'm the same as Gina. I'm really intrigued. Jason, how about you? Have you, I know you put together a little guide, was it last spring or early summer? Um, have you had experience with web stories or heard of anyone else who has? So I haven't dove into web stories as much as I had planned after I put the guide together. Um, and you can check that out, I think, at uh, makethatbacon.com slash web stories. Um, but it, uh, my understanding is that it's kind of like social media, right? That it, trying to go viral, that it's kind of hard to to predict which one will end up taking off. But if you keep doing things regularly, then you like have a higher percent chance of that happening. Um, I've heard that a good approach is to focus on the things that you are already getting a lot of Google traffic from. That if you're, you know, an authority in um, a specific subject, like the funny example is always Megan's uh, lemon like candied lemon peel, uh, like Google for whatever associates her with that. So if she did a web story on that, it'd be more likely to get picked up than if she did a web story on like a new recipe that wasn't uh, necessarily something that Google already knows that she's associated with. So a lot of people recommend starting with your top, you know, 10 to 20 posts and creating web stories around that. And I also think as far as things being short term, that it's good to remember that Google kind of doesn't know what the heck they're doing right now. Um, they've kind of said as much, but that they're, there's a new feature they're testing out and seeing what happens, but they do live forever. So as opposed to having a, you know, a viral video on Instagram or TikTok or something that, you know, for all intents and purposes goes away truly after uh, a few days, they will live there for a long time. And I could see Google starting to use them to get, um, in the longer term, uh, refer to them more often. Um, so I think they might have some good long-term value that um, other things might not and that they might not be apparent to, uh, to them right now, especially if you do things that are kind of complementary to your existing posts and aren't just repeating the exact same thing that's in your post. 
That is awesome. Um, so Chelsea, I'll get to you in just a second, but I first wanted to say that I pulled up that thread on the forum and I was just going to share something that Sandra from She's Not Cooking shared this week. She has had massive success with web stories and we're actually going to record an interview on Tuesday because she's been so successful. So she went from, okay, I just want to get her numbers right. She, okay, I don't see her numbers here, but she uh, got so many page views just from publishing web stories. And one of the things she noticed was that instead of going the route of popular content, she uses Google Trends to find seasonal content that's trending. And then she makes web stories based on those. And she's seen wild success with it. Um, so with that all in mind, Chelsea, did you have something along this topic to share? Yeah, and actually, I love that idea of doing trending topics versus what's popular because that just makes sense to me. <laughs> and so I'm totally going to try that now. But I posted last week in like a food blogging Facebook group and I was like, I hate Google Web Stories. How do people do this to make it easier? <laughs> and Ksenia from Immigrants Table took the time and a bunch of people like felt the same way. So clearly, yes, everybody's been saying this is like a hot topic in the food blogging world. Um, but Ksenia from Immigrants Table, she offered to do like a little Zoom call with a group of us to tell us what she's been doing to make it easier for herself and to make it effective. And it was really helpful. Like like somebody else has already said, doing them like every other day um, was one of her tips. Accessible, how the importance of accessibility in your web t- stories was something she really emphasized and just like a few other tips. And so I did a few this week exactly as she said. And then I didn't really think about it again. But last night, I was on my Google um, Analytics app, um, you know, around 9 p.m. as people do, as food bloggers do, <laughs> and was like, huh, my polenta lasagna is getting a weird amount of traffic today. I'm not sure where it's coming from. Like, And I totally forgot I had made a web story for it like the day before. And it wasn't a, like a massive amount of traffic for me, but it was like definitely a weird spike. Like that, like that, that is not a post that ranks on the first page of Google for me or anything like that. I'm trying to get it to, and it had 300 views in a day. So that was odd. And it was from that web story and the web story itself had like 2,500 views. And then like 300 of those people actually went to the post, which was really interesting. And now I'm like, okay, I see how this can be good. And now that I've got like a system in place, um, she taught us how to like make templates to make it easier on ourselves to make. I feel like I can bang out several a week and make it work for me. Wow, that's so awesome that you saw such traction. I love it when it comes as a surprise, right? Like, oh, that's a nice amount of traffic. Where's that coming from? I've had a few of those too. Um, I looked at my Ad Thrive page. This was like a month ago, maybe, just to see my what my dashboard was up to. And I was like, whoa, that's a really high number for a Wednesday or like Tuesday or something. And when I dug into it, it was like a random web story, like you said, Chelsea. So it is a nice little surprise. And I don't know how long this is going to last, but I feel like we need to ride the wave while we can. Clearly, it's working. I mean, not always. It doesn't work for every single story, but it works sometimes. Um, so you guys are saying like every other day or every day, that seems like a lot, but if it works, then maybe we should give it a try using trends. Templates, Chelsea, can you share more about the templates that you mentioned? Yeah, so um, the way, because Cindy explained it was so great, but so what she does is she she recommends doing a like cover page, and then, so I wish like, I, I don't, I feel like this is going to sound overwhelming if you're not familiar with the Google Web Stories um, plugin, but it's really not. So on the first and last page, she recommends doing a 
link that's like kind of like a swipe up link on Instagram that's part of the background. There's like a way to make that link part of the background, but only do that on the first and last. And so you just make a template, which you can do if you're like, if you've built a page, so like say the cover page of the story, they're the title page, um, go to templates um, within the plugin. And then you'll see a button that says save as template. So you can save your own templates. So she has a template for like the title page. And then the next page is like um, an intro to the recipe. So essentially like the little, you know, it could just, you could literally copy and paste your um, SEO description. And then the next page is ingredients. So a template for that. And then each major step of the recipe gets its own page. So she just saves like one step type page. And so all of these are saved as templates. So you can just you know, as you're creating, click the template, drop in the correct photo, and then literally copy and paste um, text from the blog post, like the step, you know, text from the blog post right in there. And that makes it so much easier. And then just make the final page, the final step, um, also have that background link instead of um, a text link. So on the other pages, which again, I'm afraid this like sounds confusing, so you can't see it as I'm talking, but on the other pages, she recommends instead of having that background link to still have a link, but make it like actual text that you write onto the page and just make that text hyperlinked. Um, if people are curious, you can DM me afterwards and I'll send you a link to a web story I've done recently in the way that she like recommended it. But yeah, super helpful. Chelsea, can you say her blog name again? I didn't catch it. Immigrants Table. Okay. And you can go to any blog, by the way, and just type the name of the URL.com and then, or dot whatever, and then forward slash web dash stories. And that should take you to any, um, set of web stories. So I'm going to check out yours while I ask Katie what she's up to today. How are you doing, Katie? Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. (laughs) It's going good. So I have been dabbling in web stories for quite some time since they kind of came around last year. I actually just hit my 100th web story and it's kind of become part of my process. Every time that I republish um, a new recipe or uh, publish a new recipe, it's, I will go ahead and publish a new web story. I also, ha- um, just listened to a podcast the other day where someone was, um, sharing how they added videos to theirs, which I have not tried yet. Uh, I'm kind of intrigued. Um, uh, but I also don't know if I want to add all those additional videos onto my server because I'm creating all of my web stories in the actual web stories, um, I guess it's, what is it considered? Like a plugin or like the widget or whatever that's on your WordPress dashboard. Um, I'm not uploading, like I'm not creating it in Canva and then uploading it into my media, if that makes sense. Um, and kind of like what Chelsea was saying, I spent like an hour or two creating a template in the web stories plugin. I guess I'm going to call it that. I, I don't know if anyone can tell me. Yeah, I think, plugin. It, like, yep, I think it is a plugin. Is <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and so anyway, so I created one template and then I just duplicate it. There's actually a button when you go into your web stories um, homepage and you can hit duplicate on one and I'll find whatever genre it kind of matches um, and I'll duplicate that um, because at the very end, I add a slide um, directing people to the, that category. So if it's a dessert to my dessert category and I'll have a couple images and just like what Chelsea was saying, like the cover page an ingredients page, and then walking step by step. I also have a read more button on every single 
slide that links to that blog post. Um, so that way it's not missed. Like if anyone wants to read more, they can do it on any of my slides. Um, I also recently heard and I haven't tried it out. I've been using the same title for my web story as my title, like as my actual post and the podcast I was listening to the other day was mentioning how they've been adding kind of a little variation. It's not exactly the same, which makes sense because she was saying that I guess you don't want Google to rank that over the other. And I kind of got a little confused because I'm like, well, it's a different platform in the sense. So I don't know, but that's just a little bit of my experience with that. Thank you for sharing all of that. I can't believe you've done 100. Did I hear that right? Yes, you're correct. 100. And I've had quite a few kind of go crazy. I actually was just in my Google search console because I was like, let me see what what like um, traffic I've gotten. And in the past three months, I've had over 14,000 clicks to my web stories, which isn't massive, but hey, that's 14,000 more page views that I didn't have without the web stories. So I feel like it really, I think it's on, on, on part of like the trend. And then also if it's a seasonal thing, like my peach cobbler recipe, I had recently updated that. I think I published it on July 2nd, July 3rd. It went bonkers. And I don't know if that's what also helped bump it up onto the first page, which is what I was hoping for. Um, but my peach cobbler recipe for the past few months has been like in my top three recipes. Uh, and I don't know if the web stories was what helped it kind of, uh, I mean, on top of obviously updating the post and making it so much more SEO friendly and user friendly. That's super interesting about the title. Does anybody have any further insights into that as far as what you should be titling your web stories? Uh, yeah, I was told the same thing. So um, Ksenia said the same thing. It should be, so what she recommends doing and what I've heard other people say too, is it should be like the name of the recipe and then story. So like I just did like polenta lasagna story. Um, so just a slight variation. And she showed, to, or was it her? Or, or I don't know, somewhere I just saw somebody um, do an explanation where they showed that you can actually see both in Google search results. And so sometimes like you'll have both of your posts ranking. I feel like that's not super common yet, but I was like, okay, I get how these could potentially like cannibalize each other. So it's kind of being careful with it. And I think it's important to remember that like, even though, uh, you know, a lot of people create them using the WordPress plugin and stuff, like all they are is HTML pages that are formatted a specific way. Um, so it's better to think of them just as a normal HTML page in a lot of ways. Um, Google might handle them slightly differently, but it's just like you can have a recipe page or a FAQ page, and they're still HTML pages are just formatted slightly differently. And the same is true with web stories. We just use a, a tool in the WordPress plugin to kind of auto-generate that HTML. But they, as far as Google is concerned, they are just an HTML page to be indexed like a lot of others. You guys should check out Katie's um, web stories. Go to go to katiescucina.com forward slash web dash stories. These look great. I'm super inspired by these. Nice work, Katie. Thanks. I, you know, um, if you scroll all the way down, um, you will see that I had a different template started at first. Uh, and I and I just took like one of the Google templates and kind of modified it to my own. And then one day I was like, you know what, I'm going to make this. I, I am not 100% on this right now. Um, so I went ahead and I just spent a couple hours and kind of perfecting it the way I like to see it. 
And that's what I've been using. I've also been doing them for roundups too, like adding a couple um, links to different posts within the roundup or just the roundup itself. And another thing, if, if like you don't mind adding more slides to your media uh, files, you could easily make these um, from like a web story. You could like kind of double dip a web story and it's not a pin, it's not a Pinterest story now it's called something else, but you could easily create it once and then use it for the Pinterest stories and then also the web stories. So I don't remember who mentioned this, but video has anyone experimented with adding video to web stories? I had mentioned it, but I haven't done it yet. I had just heard it on a podcast and uh, I want to say, I cannot think of what podcast I heard the interview on the other day. Um, but I was really intrigued by it because I have lots of video. I just need to add it in. Oh, go ahead, Gina. Uh, it was on Tastemaker, the guy that did the web stories. He talked a lot about video. And also, this is another question. He suggested in that video to do an Amazon link to a product. And I contacted Amazon and they said, well, it's not on your website, so you can't use it. And I kept trying to explain to them it is hosted on my website. So does anybody have um, any content, you know, that they could put on and then do an affiliate link with? Oh, gosh. I, I don't know. Anyone else? Jason, Taryn? I have no idea. I mean, I think that it should because, again, it's just an HTML web page, but Amazon's also, you know, Amazon, and they do what they want to do. <laughs> so I, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to research that, Gina, but it's interesting. Thank you for reaching out and doing the legwork for us. We can figure it out. Um, so I did watch that Tastemaker presentation that you're talking about about and I remember him talking about video but I'm having a hard time remembering exactly what he was saying do you recall Gina specifics he just um used the video but he didn't say anything about worrying about your storage which was my biggest concern I don't want to you know fill it up I wish there was some other way we could do that well I remember him saying because that was a question that was going in the chat I was at that um, session for Tastemaker and like every other comment was like what about the storage what about the storage and he didn't really have an answer for that and that is what has kept me from doing video in my um, stories um, because it, I don't want to take up all the storage on my site so I don't know what the answer is for that <laughs> I have one other tidbit on this also if you um, can get to Mediavine and they have a uh, an article that kind of tells you what to do. And one of the biggest things they suggest is to link everything so that um, Google can see that spider web type thing in your, um, in your, in your site. They say, take the post and actually link to the homepage for that particular story. And then also have it on your homepage, you know, just to create that web. Wait, can you say that again, Gina? So you want to link to what from what? So don't embed the, um, web story in your post but just make a link to see my web story for this you know recipe go to here not don't use that word but you know what i'm saying and then um link to with words to the web story so that it is making a complete circle in your um in your website uh okay katie did you have something go ahead yeah sorry so um gosh when web stories i think it was last spring i had talked with casey about this exact thing Casey Markey, 
Um, and I was like, hey, should I be linking these? And he had told me at the time, now it could very well have changed, but he was like, eh, I, I don't know how beneficial it is because your readers are finding more of the information on your actual blog post than in the web story. This is more for like the discover and people who are seeing the web stories on that. Now things could have changed. Um, and I totally see, um, Gina, how like you're saying like the full circle to make sure it's all linking back and like the web and stuff. But, um, back in the spring, Casey was like, eh, it's not really that beneficial. I wouldn't waste my time going back and linking everything. That's just what I got back from the spring. So things, you know, everything's always changing. I had my audit just last month, and I can't for the world remember what he told me about them or if we even discussed them. But this was uh, Media Mind, so you can probably pull the um, article up. But it made sense, but I didn't want to make it so that they would go there, but just that Google would see it. For sure. So maybe email Casey. He's pretty good about that stuff. Like, I will email him randomly with something that I'm like, hey, should I, should I do this? Um and I would be interested to see what he has to say now because this was back in the spring. Because I probably started these, I think, back in, like, January. Because I think they were launched, like, last November or December. And he had recommended that I get on doing them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I should have done it. But it's okay now. <laughs> hey, Lynn, what are you up to today? Do you have something to contribute about web stories? Yeah, I was just going to say I have done some with video. Um, not a lot, but a few. And what I've done um, is I compress them um, till they're too, and, you know, using um, like an app, I compress them to where they're really small so that they're not taking up so much space. Um, you know, it does degrade the quality a little bit, but, um, but it's worked. How have they performed have for they you? Performed? Um, they're very hit or miss. I haven't done near as many. I'm actually working on one today um, because I find it very difficult to make time for them. Um, but I've had some that have done really well and some that have done nothing. He, Casey did mention if you don't have Slickstream and you just have web stories on your, you know, hosted and that's it and using the plugin, he says you should get a um, plugin. I'm looking for the name. It's called um, Search Exclude plug-in um, to block web stories from your own site search. So I did that, and then I switched to back to uh, Slickstream, so I took it off. Oh, that's a good tidbit. Let's take a little quick break. I'm just going to play a wor- few words from our sponsor, who is Eat Blog Talk. So we'll be back in just a minute. Hey, food bloggers. Do you ever get caught up in the confusion about how in the world you are going to make money? Take the free quiz I've put together for you that is going to help you get to the bottom of this problem. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash quiz to find out which stream of revenue is the next perfect one for you. Your results will be personalized based on your answers, and they will provide you with action steps and resources that will help you launch into monetizing your blogging business in a new way. There are truly so many ways to make money as a food blogger, so don't waste another second. Again, go to eblogtalk.com forward slash quiz and get started on your next revenue stream today. Hey guys, just reminding you to head over to iTunes if you haven't already to subscribe, rate, and review Eat Blog Talk. It adds value to this podcast when you do that, and I would be so grateful for your time. It will take two minutes, press pause, go do it, and come back and keep listening. 
We are back from the break. Please enjoy the rest of this Clubhouse conversation. Has anyone uh, experimented with duplicating a story and testing, like doing different tests, like maybe one of a chili recipe with just photos and maybe a different format and then one with video? Has anyone tried anything like that? Or is that even okay to do? I don't know. I had one I did back in, what, March when it first started out that was pitiful. So I redid it um, with just maybe one word, you know, different in the title. And it took off and it was the same thing. I mean, it was the exact same one. I just changed the title and I put in links. I just cleaned it up because I didn't have all the little boxes, you know, for the check correct. You know, and I figured if it took off so much, it's like I made a hundred bucks a day off of that one post, you know, extra. So I'm like, it's worth it to go and redo things if I can make some money off of it. Absolutely. Totally agree. So Chelsea, I was just looking at your web stories and I love how you have photos above each web story. I don't think I've seen anyone do that before, but you have the title. So Easy Pumpkin Waffles story and then a photo and then the story. I love that. Yay, good. Yeah, that was something that was recommended by Ksenia as well. She's like, have a photo on every slide. Like, even if you're using the same photo again, like say you just like didn't have a photo for something, just use another photo, but always make sure you have a photo on every slide. And hey, I mean, I know that people like looking at pictures of food, you know, because we all do this job. So it made sense to me. Um, What about animations? Do you guys, I see some animations here within the web stories. What are you guys finding with those? I saw a guy, um, so in that uh, Facebook comment thread, he was, and I can't like figure out which animation he used to make it happen because I really liked it. He used a pan on each of his photos and it looked so cool. And when I'm like looking at animations now, I don't see one that just like steady pans. Like I see a lot where like things like fade in or like pan in, but I just wanted to like pan the photo. I thought that looked really great. And uh, I've seen people saying like, if you're not going to do a video, an animation is a great um, thing to do instead. I just like, don't like them all. (laughs) So I need, I should probably get over that and just do it. (laughs) I agree. Sometimes animations just look kind of cheesy. Like, I don't know, but some of them really look nice. Um, I don't know. Let's see Chelsea's or maybe it was, um, Someone else's that I was just looking at looked really nice. Mine have animations. Oh, yeah. Katie, that's right. Yes. I just kind of took it from the Google template from the web stories. Yeah, yours look great. Does anyone else have anything else about web stories? Any tips, questions, anything at all? Either people up here on stage or in the audience? I was just going to say I do have some animations on mine, but I was really intimidated to start web stories and I found somebody who actually like set them up who I paid to set them up on my site and like do three stories to kind of like kick me off as like so I could use it what I do is I just like copy this I duplicate the story and then I you know change the links and all that stuff so I don't I don't necessarily have a template I just copy a story and change what I need um but that helped me kind of like get it wasn't it was I don't know it was like a hundred and 80 or 90 or something like that um to have them do all of that and that as well as like a um I got a video like it's like a video course of a short one like a little webinar thing of you know here's some tips and how to like work with the templates we gave you and that sort of stuff um but it was worth it for me to like get started because I just I was like oh, I don't want to learn something new I just can't <laughs> I don't have capacity for it um and so I was able to um pay somebody to set it up for me and that was real so if you're hesitant and you have the funds um I recommend um doing that 
feel like we all get to that point where we're at learning fatigue. Like we just can't learn one more thing or we just don't want to dive into one more thing, right? So totally get that. So where did you find your help, Taryn? So I, uh, her name is Allison Lancaster. And um, I had previously used her for Pinterest and then I kind of like took a step back <laughs> with Pinterest because I think a lot of people probably are right now. Um, and then I saw just in a Facebook group um, that she was, um, her agency was doing web stories for people. And so um, I kind of looked, you know, I mean, they do it on like a monthly basis. Um, and then I looked a little further and noticed that she was doing like a setup for web stories. Um, and that's just on her site. I think it's two L's, A-L-L-I-S-O-N and then Lancaster. You'll, if you search, if you Google search her, you'll find her or if she's, I know she's in some of the Facebook groups um, as well. And she does actually have a Facebook group um, that she runs for web stories in particular. It's not super active, but my hunch is that it will become more active as more people um, start getting into web stories. So, um, and she's available in there to ask questions. I'm um, just kind of on and off, but um, so far it seems okay. I see this as an opportunity too for food bloggers to dive in who are maybe looking for a little extra money during Q4 or anytime really. Um, if you don't mind making web stories, offer it as a service to other food bloggers, because clearly it's something that we're all interested in and diving into. So I always see that opportunity. Um, let's see, just welcoming Nadja. Hey, Nadja, what are you up to today? Hello, I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm good. What do you have? I know you've seen like some wild success with recent web stories. Do you yeah, want to share I, about that? Sure. Um, I also use like Sarah's uh, recommendation, like going into Google Search Console and looking what is trending. And I did like I did two updates on a couple of my posts, and then once I updated, I created the web story. And then for a couple of days, I didn't notice anything, and then. I just went into Google Analytics and saw like 15, 16 page views only for web stories in one day. It was like, what? This is like crazy. Um, and then it, that's been spiking up and down, up and down, up and down since I first posted it. Um, and then I have another question about, um, I noticed that Katie does like roundups. Um, how does that, it, did you... Did you see that those roundup ones have like a lot of traction compared to normal recipes posts, I guess? Um, well, I'll be honest. I I don't look at my analytics as much as I should. Um, and I just get random bumps and I'm like, whoa, I think that this might be from web stories. And then I look into it. Um, I think it just, it really, I think, depends on the whole trending and seasonal thing. I had an ice cream one that kind of picked up and did well. Um, I think it was my ice cream web story. There was one, one of them that I was like, oh, this got a little bit of bump in traffic. And sure enough, it was from a web story. Um, I, I feel like it's a seasonal slash trending thing. If you just happen to catch it at the right time, I feel like it's with everything. Did that help, Nadja? I, is, and anyone else here on stage, have you guys experimented with roundups? And do you have any insights for Nadja? Um, I know we've done a few on my site, uh, but I don't know that they've done very well. Most of mine are recipes. Just looking through here to see if I anything catches my eye. But I did have another question just to put out there for the rest of you. 
Um, what is like the magic size for images? Are you guys having to resize images for web stories or do you just use what is in your media library? I use what is in the media library. The only thing I resize is the cover image. Uh, and that's it. And what do you resize that to? Um, there's a specific size. Let me see if I can find it and then get back to you. Does it tell you within the plugin? Yeah, I think it, it tells you in the plugin. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then Nadja, not to put you on the spot, but did you have any other little um, things that you've noticed have been working for web stories? Like any consistencies? Uh, I'm looking at your post um, right now, like you're doing one every couple weeks. Um, anything else you want to share that you think could help the rest of us listening? I first, the, I guess the first one I started use um, created was a couple of slides, I think around seven, just like uh, Chelsea mentioned, like ingredients and step-by-step photos. And, and then the next few ones I linked like the last one was you can go to more recipes. Like I link other posts, not just the main one. Something like what Katie does with the category uh, page that she links at the end. And then from that one post, I noticed that uh, people clicks on the other recipes as well. So I've been like diving into more uh, the analytics part just to like to see what other things I can improve so they can... Um, click more uh, or go through uh, more on my website, if that makes sense. Naja, how are you looking at it in the analytics perspective? Are you looking at just in Google Analytics or in Google Search Console? In both. I guess the first the first uh, time I created one was basically in, Google, in Search Console because you see the boat, you know, you have the performance and then the discover tab. So I went into that section. I noticed which ones, or at least which blog posts were being um, like getting traffic. And then from there, I created a web story because I didn't have one I created before. And then once I did that first one, everything got, um, it started growing and growing and got more impressions. So after that, I started checking also Google Analytics. So I did the, like the both, uh, but mostly Google Search Console gives you a little bit more information, I guess. Agree. I actually, I just started like looking around even more since we're chatting about this. And I was like, oh yeah, look, that one, I'm shocked. Like my grilled chicken pasta had almost 5,000 clicks. I'm like, oh, okay. So very cool. Thanks. Hey, Lori, what are you Lori, up to today? Hey there. I um, hope everyone is well. I'm actually driving in the car and I jumped on late. And um, I am, as Taryn knows, uh, a little crazy about web stories. And I do have a question when you guys, um, you, you all were talking about the analytics. Has anyone, because I heard this on a podcast, that you can look into um, into somewhere, whether it's Search Console or analytics, and determine where people are jumping off and leaving your web story. So how far they're getting before they click through to your site. And maybe you already talked about this before I came on, but if anyone knows that, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, I think it's into Google Analytics. There is behavior and top events or events, I think. 
and then you can see which like in which page they are jumping out or exiting oh that's interesting all right i'll have to take a look at that when i get home and see i i also did have a warning on my search console that was re related to events and i've never set an event up so i don't know if that is something you have to have set up but um i will look into that thank you Lori, since you're crazy about web stories, do you have any other little tips that we haven't talked about? I know you just kind of arrived here, but anything that you think would help other people here listening? Well, I think like with anything with blogging, it's consistency. And um, I've literally, I think I've published 18 of them over the past 22 days, maybe. I've been trying to do one a day. And I make the templates. I'm sure you've, you know, talked about that. Um, I do have a more recipes page for the last one, but I follow a pretty clear format. I always do a minimum of 10 cards. Um, I am trying to think what else I, I've really been following all of the accessibility checklist. I feel like if any, I don't always follow the design checklist that Google recommends, but the accessibility checklist I do follow because you know I feel like that that is something I want to definitely you know be sensitive to um, and I also try and I, oh the other tip and some of us have tried it and some of us haven't um, I had a tip to look at Google Trends and set it this was in Food Blogger Central I think set it for the last four hours type in recipe into the search area, set it to the last four hours and see what's trending and get a story up um, that evening, for example. And I've heard of people having success with that too, to see what people are looking for immediately. And then maybe if you've been consistent enough and been doing them, Google might push something out. So that's something to try. So that's all I have. I love that tip. That's such a great tip. That goes... Um, kind of with what we were talking about earlier with trends, but it's like a super recent version of the trends. So thank you for sharing that. And then as far as the accessibility goes, if anyone doesn't know what Google is wanting for stories, can anyone talk through that? Like what are they um, asking that you put inside of your web stories for accessibility? Oh, well, I, I can if um, since um, I, I brought it up, but essentially, well, at least the areas that I have been remiss in is making sure that your text is bigger than, let's say, 11. It has to be a minimum of 12 uh, for your font, making sure that the click size is big enough. So, for example, if you have a, a box of text that says chocolate brownies, chocolate chip brownies, or something like that, making sure that that physical box is big enough for, for a person to be able to click on. Those are two definite things. And then, of course, the color, making sure your color is distinguishable. So if you have a white background, that the font color is not too light for someone to be able to see. And it, it's pretty cool because once you make the changes, if you are in the accessibility checklist, you can click within that box, for example, and it'll say uh, that your accessibility area is too small. If you click on that error, it will take you to the card where it's happening and you can fix it right there. So I find that really helpful too. So I hope that helps. 
Thank you, Lori. That was all super helpful. I'm glad that you are digging into that. I think this is so, um, like it can be really good outcome and then people are finding a lot of traction. So may as well take advantage while it's here, right? Uh, Taryn and Jason, I think we're kind of coming to the end of this conversation, but did either of you have anything? We have about 15 minutes left. Um, so do either of you have anything that you wanted to chat about quick or anyone else up here on stage or in the audience? I think the only thing for me that I was thinking about as, you know, we start to get into fall and, um, Q4 is just around the corner is, um, affiliates because I like, I feel like Amazon is kind of, (laughs) I mean, not that Amazon itself is on its way out, but like Amazon affiliates and getting any sort of like true commission from that. Um, unless you have, um, you know, a ton of page views or you're a really good Amazon marketer, um, that tends to not really generate much revenue, at least for me. Um, and I have some, um, affiliates that I, um, have that I think are good fits for my audience. But, um, if anyone has, something that they found that's worked well, or, um, just, I think I want to say Chelsea, you you were a marketer in your past life, well, current life too, but like in your past um, corporate life, um, if there's any tips or, and I don't want to say tricks, but just, um, strategies that has, um, worked for anyone, I would love to hear those or even just discuss affiliates in general. Yeah. One thing I'll say, like, and I, and I think this is something we all know, but we all, uh, well, I don't know, at least me and I know other people, a few other people too, tend to feel self-conscious about sometimes is saying something over and over. And the, like one of my favorite marketing phrases is repetition for recognition and people aren't going to know. And, and I think too, there's, there's value in explaining to your audience why and if why them using your link is helpful for you. I've seen a lot of um, fitness influencers be really good about this. They'll say like, when you use my link, it helps me um, fund being able to provide this free content for you. Thank you so much. And I even um, have seen them do a tutorial like, oh, do you want to use, are you like shopping on your desktop and you want to use my affiliate link? Here's how you find that on your desktop. And so they like go to their Instagram profile and show you like on their desktop and show you how to like click link in bio from there. And so like actually talking about it a lot and talking about how much that affiliate link is going to be helpful for you, especially throughout the holiday season. And you can say to people like, hey, folks, I do have this link. It doesn't cost you anything as you're shopping this season. If you're thinking about buying some of these products, I'd love it if you'd use my link and saying that a lot, like making a point, like you could even like batch make like some stories in Canva or whatever and have those ready to go and like make a point of posting them once a week and just saying it over and over and sit in, of course, making sure to point out, you know, which affiliate links you offer. And then in terms of, I mean, I've, I've only ever seen like moderate success with affiliate links. My theory is you have to be like a pretty, have a pretty massive following for them to really pay off, but I don't know. Um, but it seems to me like when I have had success, it's kind of sticking with a few, like when it's, when it's not like an Amazon style affiliate link where I'm linking everything that I can in a blog post or something like that, but sticking with like one to two brands and really making my audience feel connected to them. Um, I do have one affiliate partner that I make a point of doing this with, um, it helps me have success and them seeing that brand over and over and over again. And like, and so it helps them keep them in mind when they could use that product in the future. Thank you. That was all really informative. And I think that what you were saying about, um, 
just like repetition, um, just all <laughs> the, I don't know where this phrase came from, but repete, 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 I think in French, I don't know why it's in French, but um, that like, that is the biggest thing for me where I need, to, I probably do need to just like every Monday and every Thursday, I'm going to mention like Mondays are here's how you get my Amazon like, and Thursdays are here's, you know, here's this other affiliate because um, what there's, I don't know what the statistic is, but there's some statistic about, you know, people need to hear something what seven or 10 or 12 times before it even registers that like, oh yeah, maybe I do need this. Or, oh yeah, she mentioned, she talked about this because we're just all bombarded with things all the time. That was awesome, Chelsea. Does anyone else have anything about affiliates? I'm definitely not the person to answer. I've never seen success. And I agree, Taryn. I kind of feel like Amazon affiliates are heading out because they decreased their commission. When was that? Like a year and a half ago, so drastically. And I get like pennies, dollars every month for that. So I don't know. What is the rest of you? What did the rest of you think about Amazon or other affiliates? Jason? Um, I'll second what, uh, what Chelsea said about uh, having a limited number of affiliates. I think, I think there's two general ways. One's kind of like the, the shotgun approach, and, you know, I use that for, like, holiday gift guides and stuff like that. I don't think there's anything wrong with throwing in affiliate links to random Amazon products that you do recommend, um, but that's not going to bring in a ton of money. And I think if you are trying to have success, it's good having a limited amount of partners that, you really like because um, I, I think for affiliates you do need to mention them repeatedly like like Chelsea has said and I struggle like I'm fine linking to like a random you know lime press or something that's you know a five dollar thing that I've used you know a few times but I'm not going to talk about it constantly without feeling like I'm just pushing something where I talk about my PolyScience Hydro Pro Plus circulator all the time because I freaking love it and I use it and I'm passionate about it and so like being an affiliate with someone like PolyScience is great and they don't even have generally public affiliate programs but if you love someone's product and you know some people at the company even just through social media you can reach out to them and say hey I love your stuff is there any way that we can work together on affiliate structure and I think you'll find a lot more success doing something like that, especially for higher end items, um, than you would just kind of linking up random things in every post. At least uh, that's kind of been my experience. And I try to focus on things that do have higher price tags because if I'm going to go through the all the effort of trying to tell you about something I think is cool, like everything we do is takes time, right? And if I spend that time, I don't want to be getting a, a 3% commission off of a, a $5 spatula or something that's just not worth my time at all. So look for things that you love and that you can hopefully get relationships with some of the companies because that can always, as we know, turn into uh, sponsored posts or other, other content that they're interested in as well, which is always a bonus. You'll have to sell about 3 million spatulas then, Jason, to make it worth it. <laughs> Um, Taryn, I was just curious, the affiliates that you currently are backing, what, like, are they um, products or services that you really, like, really support your business and that you really are invested in? Or are you kind of like, ah, they're okay, they kind of support me, or how do you feel about them? No, so the um, the two, I mean, there's, besides Amazon, which is just kind of in the background, right? Um, I, so my site focuses a lot on grilling and I am an affiliate for Thermoworks, um, which has the Thermapen. And I, like, I have had one for years. I actually have more than one. I have several of Thermoworks products, um, because they are amazing and I love them. They're, they're, they're on the pricier side. 
Um, but uh, like I have pictures of them on my website and stories, uh, not in stories in um, posts and although probably have them in stories too. And um, I have like a dedicated post on my site about um, how important internal temperature is for grilling. Um, and I like redirect people to that all the time. Um, and so that, that has been my most successful one because I think it was it Chelsea or Jason, maybe both of you um, were saying that it's so relative for my audience. Um, and then I also am a butcher box um, affiliate and that, that one I have not, I mean, I do think that that one is, is quite relevant for my audience, but I haven't really dug into it as well. And I feel like it's a little more saturated. I feel like I say that all the time. Um, but I do like, I've been a member for a while and uh, we love butcher box. So um, the ones that are most successful for me um, are the ones that I really relate to. Um, and I'm sure I could find like one or two other ones, but I just need to, um, I need to get a good like schedule. I really just need to like, probably what I need to do is <laughs> open my Google calendar and like schedule out. Okay. Talk about this and talk about this on like different days. I think that's probably the best <laughs> hold, hold myself accountable. Taryn, you know what else you could do? I was an affiliate too for the therm for Thermoworks because I too love their Thermapen. We use it all the time and it's like the best thermometer ever. Um, but what if you built posts around that topic? So you said you had a post on like why this is the best, but what if you wrote other posts that kind of support that? So um, I don't know what that would be, but do you know what I'm saying? Like kind of what we were talking yes. about in that one Zoom call where you find a topic and then you say like the best temperature for ground beef and then you know talk about that really thoroughly or whatever it is that you like to grill the most and then just like you know do your interlinking and then you're sending out the message that you're an authority on the temperature of pork ribs and then you can also send that content out to your audience so they they're like whoa Tara knows everything about temperatures of meat you know what I mean does that make sense yeah that totally makes sense and I, ha I have a I have two posts one is um oh gosh I'm gonna totally space on what these <laughs> posts are but they, they two posts that deal with like internal temperatures and like why it's necessary to know the internal temperature to cook meat <laughs> and to like not have overcooked meat um so but I I like that idea of doing because specifically like steak can be a big one um, for people, but breaking it down like steak or chicken, like by um, specific meats. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I mean, and I think that could be true for like any affiliate that um, I think the people who have the most success and I'm with butcher box, for example, I'm thinking of um, my friend Liz from the clean eating couple. She has um, a really great post about, um, butcher box and comparing it to like Costco and a couple other stores um and has really developed herself as an authority on that in like within a certain community so um, I think that is 100% a great way to go yeah I think that would be a good strategy I don't know I mean I've never heard anyone specifically talk about how that boosted affiliates but there's got to be a way to do that to just kind of use those two strategies and I don't know just to support each other but Hopefully that helped give you some ideas. Katie, did you have something? Yeah, I recently um, purchased Tasty Leaks for affiliates. And I just want to know if anyone else has used them or tried them out. I have noticed that some of my affiliate partners where I had like zero click-throughs, um, 
I'm actually seeing like actual impressions. I haven't had any purchases, but I'm starting to see the impressions. So I feel like that's really good. And I don't know if anyone, if you're not familiar with Tasty Links, it actually links within all of your content for you. Like you'll say like spatula and you give the link to the spatula and it finds where you have written spatula and you'll, and it will automatically link. And then you can update that actual link if it happens to break or it changes. Um, so I just want to know if anyone's had any luck with using tasty links. I mean, I'm, I'm giving it a try for the year in hopes that I will see some affiliate sales. I have not any of the rest of you. I haven't. I haven't. I've heard good things about it, but I haven't used it. I used them for a while and didn't really see anything, but I also put in minimal effort. Like I'm sure I could have tried a lot harder and I actually just um, canceled my subscription to the plugin just because I wasn't putting it to use enough. But I mean, that definitely could have been on me. (laughs) Good to have on the radar though. Just, I just wrote it down. So thanks for bringing that up, Katie. Um, We are coming toward the end of our chat. This was such a great discussion. I was chatting with Taryn beforehand. I was like, we could chat about web stories, but is everyone sick of web stories? But clearly not. So I'm glad that we milked as much as we could out of that topic. So thank you guys for contributing. Thank you for being here. And I'll plan to see you all next week. Thanks. Good to chat with everyone. It's great seeing everyone again. Thanks. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.